0: Previously, Unchosen Ones Brandy and Arthur appear in the ruins of a destroyed village, running into alternate versions of Shuey and Vermona. The group decides to travel together when it becomes apparent that they're going to the same festival. During their travels, Brandy learns that he was never resurrected in this timeline and became a fallen one instead of Vermona. Shuey and him chat by the fireplace late at night, reminiscing on the friendship that could have been. Arthur approaches Brandy to try and talk to him, but their exchange leads to an argument that only further divides them. The group continues forward, picking up an alternate version of Theo along the way before meeting up with Ramona's family and teleporting to the festival. Brandy encounters a much more average version of Evithe, and also sees Merlin Lancaster alive and well but being tailed by the Darkborn Queen. He casts sending to warn her, but she recognizes his voice as a plague bringer and appears wary of his presence. Arthur, Theo, and Brandy go to stay at the High End Inn, Brandy leaving the room briefly and spotting Merlin trying to get into Arthur's room. He reveals himself to her and tries to explain the situation as best he can before going to buy a Vice's entire stock. Meanwhile, Shui and Vermona discuss Dashi being a potential assassin after King Larkspur, Shui showing his resolve to do what's necessary to protect the High Elf. Brandy uses a new footnotes ability on himself before heading back to his room with Theo, as he lays in bed, he hears a sound come from Arthur's room. Going over to investigate, he finds Arthur hunched over Merlin, her spark ripped out of her body. Arthur manages to put it back, and black veins go off her neck that recede after taking God's brandy. Brandy accuses him of being responsible for the black moss, and the two are locked in a standstill as yet another horrific mystery unfolds.
1: So you are currently, you have just entered into the room. Arthur is leaning over on top of Merlin, who is still trying to catch her breath after forcefully drinking that uh, god's brandy. And Arthur is standing, sitting, whatever. He's in front of you. (laughs) Um, And you just asked him, are you responsible for the black moss, essentially? I sure did. And he is just very clearly panicked in front of you. And he's just like, Uh, This isn't a conversation we should be having right now. Um, Move. uh, Can we just maybe, can you maybe? I summon my
0: sword to my side. Move.
1: Okay. Um, He very gently kind of lets go of Merlin and stands up and like has his hands up and starts to back up. Um, And Merlin's still kind of just like.
0: (sighs) I move over to Merlin. Don't touch me. I'm not. I need you to tell me what happened.
1: She's kind of looking at you, and she seems, like, very different, I would say, from the last conversation you had with her. She is just very clearly glaring at you, like, not trying to hide. She does not like you. You can tell that immediately from looking at her right now, and she's kind of, like, gripping her chest. And when you get close to her, she seems like she's thinking about something for a moment uh, before she just kind of very sharply turns her head away from you. And she's just like, we were just having a conversation.
0: What was that conversation?
1: It's between me and my grandson, not you.
0: Your grandson just did something pretty fucked to you. And I'd like to know. She
1: wanted to turn you into the king.
0: Did Arthur say that? Yes. Okay. That's fine.
1: We can't have any holdups right now. There's a very fine point where the bookmark is, and we have to go.
0: Right. Understandable. Now, uh, I don't blame you, Merlin, for that. That's understandable. But, like I told you, I'm not gonna be around here very much longer.
1: I don't care why you're here, or how long you're going to be here, or why my grandson brought you here. You need to be dealt with. It doesn't matter. He goes through timelines all the time. He could be lying. You could be lying. You could be the same one. I don't know.
0: Do you have a Zone of Truth spell or anything like that?
1: No, I don't. Arthur, do you? Uh, No, I'm sorry.
0: Well... Then I understand if you don't want to take my word for it, but the plague bringer that you know, ain't the same one that, uh, I am.
1: You do not get to tell me that you've changed or gotten better and expect me to just believe you.
0: I'm not telling you that. I haven't gotten better. Not by much. I'm trying to be better.
1: The people you killed are not coming back, so why do you get to?
0: I ask myself that same question a lot. A lot. And I think it's because death is too good for me. It'd be real easy for me to just die. And that be it. I should have to fight and make right what I did wrong for the rest of my life. And then some, should the gods choose it. I don't deserve an easy death, Merlin. I think you know that.
1: Then turn yourself in.
0: I'd love to, but... again... I'm not going to be able to help folks if I do that. And I want to help you. What
1: could you possibly help
2: anyone with?
0: It's a great question. I'd say I've done a decent job up until now. I helped evacuate a town after a god turned it to ash. I've assisted in saving a whole bunch of folks from some pretty dangerous creatures. And I'm trying to help your grandson fix a mistake that he has made.
1: Which one? They're endless.
0: I'm aware. And trust me, it infuriates me to no end. It's taken everything in my power not to run over there and beat your grandson to death right now. But I want to believe there's uh, something of worth in him.
1: He attracts the worst kinds of people and brings them together. You associating yourself you with hear him?
0: yourself right now? Look between you and him right now and tell me which person here sounds like the worst person. The two people being calm and trying to help you, or you that's spitting venom repeatedly. You don't have to trust me, Merlin. I just want to be sure that you're okay. What you choose to do is what you choose to do. But like I said, the plague bringer of your time's gone now. He's been dealt with. I'll be gone within the next day or so. If all things go right. Now I want to know, are you okay?
1: She seems to kind of be like, still have one of her hands to her chest and brings up the other one a little bit and you see her face kind of like contorting a little bit as she's concentrating. Her eyes go wide and she's just like, I don't think I can use magic right now.
0: Hmm. I look over to Arthur.
1: I tried to turn her spark off. I went a little too far.
0: And why'd you try and do that, Arthur?
1: Because she was going to turn you in and she wasn't listening to reason. It was its just temporary.
0: Do you know how to fix that?
1: It should... it's not... it's just deactivated. It's not gone. It'll come back in a few days.
0: Merlin, if you can't use magic for the next few days, you are in a lot of trouble.
1: Well... people don't have to know that.
0: You should take every precaution necessary to keep yourself safe. Because if you're still the chosen one, It'd be, uh, real dangerous if you died right now, I'm sure.
1: I will leave the festival, then.
0: I don't know that that's gonna help. I think you need to lay low, find somewhere to hide here, where that, uh, person can't find you.
1: Are you just saying that because you're afraid I'm still going to turn you in?
0: If you turn me in, then you turn me in. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm telling you, you need to be careful. I don't want you to get hurt.
1: Roll a persuasion check.
0: Oh, boy. Ugh, gross. Nine.
2: Okay.
1: She looks between the two of you. She's like, if the assassin is here, it doesn't make much sense for me to stay here. (sighs) You said you're leaving in a day. So do you plan to protect me and stay?
0: Would you like that?
1: No. Don't really want to see you any more than this.
0: Well, then that's your choice. I can't force you to do anything, but I can provide an amount of protection, Arthur and I. But if that's not something you're interested in, then I can't force you to do that.
1: I'm going to go back to my room for now.
0: All
1: right. she kind of very shakily gets up still kind of looking at her hand in frustration um, and as she starts to head out Arthur's just like wait you, you need to take this um, and he hands her the remains of that bottle that he had had her drink from a, a moment prior and she's kind of looking at it and looking back at him and then just kind of grits her teeth and grabs it from him and walks out
0: Arthur, Mhm. was that the right thing to do?
1: We couldn't get caught.
0: I didn't ask that.
1: We're only here for one more day.
0: I don't want to hear your excuses, Arthur. Was that the right thing to do?
1: From a moral standpoint, no, probably not.
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Uh, you're frustrating. you know that? I'm aware. I stuck my neck out for you. I ran into Merlin in the, uh, hall and stuck my neck out for you, trying to, uh... Tell her to maybe ease up on you a bit. That you were going through a lot. That you were, uh, trying to do right. And then. You may have just, uh, sent her on to her, uh. to her death within the next couple days.
1: She'll be okay.
0: How can you be sure?
1: It's. It's very, very rare that she dies in any timeline. It's extremely rare. Because then I wouldn't be in most timelines, so...
0: Well, I would hope for the best then. (sighs) I really want to believe that you can be a good person, Arthur, but you continue to... Prove me wrong every chance you get.
1: I didn't make... The jabbers, if that's what you're getting at with the moss thing.
0: It's not. I didn't ask that. I don't... I already know. Other people or other deities or what have you are making the jabbers or something, trying to find... Something... But in our timeline, was that you? Um, Merlin dying in uh, mirror depths, was that uh, your fault?
1: Um, it's very rare that Merlin dies in any timeline. Like I said, it's very, very rare.
0: That doesn't answer my question, Arthur. You're dodging the question.
1: She's not dead.
0: In our timeline?
1: Yes, she's not dead.
0: What the hell does that mean?
1: We're going to skip over to Theo for a second in the other timeline. <sighs>
0: <sighs> well... Okay. Fucking as soon as Arthur repeated it, I was like, "Mm."
2: "That makes fucking sense." (laughs) No wonder no one else was chosen. (laughs) Why didn't we think of this before? Oh
0: my god! Why am I dumb? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh oh, uh oh.
2: So Theo, you're with Diary right now. (laughs) I sure am. (laughs)
1: But for how much longer? Uh, You are currently still with Zyrie on the stage, um, standing on the stage, about to make that circle. Um, And just a reminder, you do have advantage because Zyrie is trying to assist you in making it. So roll an arcana check. Great, 14. 14? Okay. So you are kind of working on this circle with him for a while. And as you are kind of trying to make it, it takes you quite a bit of time to get this circle where before Zyrie is kind of to the point where he feels like it's probably okay um and during that time why don't you roll a perception check
2: sorry i haven't done this since uh you taught
1: me to do it you're fine just uh, hurry up please 28 (laughs) (laughs) there we go um so as you are kind of like looking around um you know kind of surveying the area after you finish the circle you notice all of those specklings in the area have turned their heads towards you and currently seem to be staring at you
2: shit um he's like hey so um they're looking at me
1: fuck okay um well let's just uh, let's go then um and he kind of stands on the circle and like holds out a hand for you
2: uh he takes a look at the specklings what do what color are their eyes
1: um they seem to be still no shade um but they do seem to be kind of be flashing
2: with light as they're staring okay He then quickly takes Zari's hand and steps forward. You
1: kind of step forward into that circle, and it takes a couple more minutes for it to start to activate. Um, Definitely does not seem to be as good as the Arthur circle or the time that you had made one before, uh, but it gets the job done, and you are teleported. So you go through the circle and are led directly into uh, the laboratory that you were in before with Arthur kind of looking around. Seems pretty empty. Doesn't seem like there's anything here. Uh, The devices are all kind of softly lit up. You see those tubes that you were in, oh, so many weeks ago, it feels like at this point. And they all have that like soft mist kind of glowing uh, within them. And yeah, you are in there with Zyri now, and he's just like, right, so I guess we'll hang out here and wait for them to come. As far as I know, the other Arthur and the Specklings have never been able to
2: get in here before, so it should be fine. Uh, Theo gives a relieved sigh as they are now out of the dying world. So he's just like, oh, I didn't know how much I missed feeling like I was standing in a reality that wasn't gonna die.
1: Well, when they try and track you down and find you, they'll see the circle on the ground, they'll know where we are.
2: <sighs> I guess we just wait now. Does that not mean that the the, the wrong Arthur could find it? Let's not think about that. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know, I won't. I won't think about it. Great. You didn't see their eyes change, right? They just were looking at you. Yeah, they just looked. Uh, they were kind of a light with light, but no. But no color. No, no, no color. I, I checked, even just when we were like about to to leave. So, so probably still didn't get spotted. Might have just been
1: kind of on autopilot or whatever, seeing there was movement, but.
2: Unless there's one without a color. Who knows? Oh, right. Um Theo's gonna look around. Eleven. We'll damn, that one. <laughs> oh damn, okay. Um
1: you I'm unfamiliar. Only see the initial yeah, the initial uh thing that I described before for where you are. So nothing nothing besides that essentially. Um and sorry he's like, why don't we um I guess hunker down i don't know how long we're gonna be here for you know arthur's gotta pull out bed here somewhere he's like
2: wandering around he's gonna wander he's wondering if that strange box called a radio is here i
1: will say you can investigate but you would not notice with that perception 26 26 okay Yeah, you find it kind of off in one of the corners near, like, a very strange table, uh, which you wouldn't recognize. It was the table that Chewy sword had been placed in. Approaching it, it seems like it had been turned off.
2: Theo has fleeting thoughts because... uh, I don't know, actually. I don't think he was explained that it was quote-unquote sending... Because I don't think he asked, so... I don't think so, no.
1: I think, if anything, he might have said, like, I'm trying to find something. Or, like, I spent a long time trying to get that. Like, that may have been the most that Arthur said.
2: He just blinks at it. Glad it's not making noises that will unnerve him, I suppose. I guess he just wanders around. Checks for food. You find food and stuff pretty easily. It's not, like, it's hidden
1: you find um, kind of like a little kitchen area uh, exploring the place more you also find like a bathroom and eventually Zyri does find a single pull out cot which he recommends to you anyway that only one of you should be sleeping at a time uh, it's been so long since he's been here that he's just like I I don't know what this guy's been doing here since I've last been here probably be good to keep one of us on watch
2: yeah no I, yeah, I, I guess I'm just surprised that There are no traps It's really hard to get here I suppose he has a lot of faith that No one would be able to replicate his Seal thing Mm. I don't think
1: he's told A lot of people Me, you, that's it
2: What? As far as I know That's strange I, I don't understand I only just met him you're a glitch. You're someone he's never met before.
1: As far as I know, the only
2: glitch that I've ever met. I, I, I don't... I don't know what that means exactly. Any variation in
1: timelines is something that he takes a lot of interest in. It means maybe something can
2: change. I guess I'm just surprised considering that... He... I don't know... I thought maybe he did that with anyone that he trained.
1: I don't think he's trained anyone before.
2: Uh-huh. Okay, um. It just surprises me because he said that in the other me's I've fallen more than once, so. Yeah, and that's interesting too.
1: I told you, well, I described, I guess, that. You'll ripple out. This may be the first timeline he's ever met you in. This may be where you originated from, but it affects all of them. It's a butterfly effect. So you'll start to pop up in other ones, you'll start to change other timelines, and... That's just how it'll go. You can't exist in only one.
2: Right, I mean... uh, Makes sense, I think. It doesn't, but none of this time stuff does no no it doesn't you know what um he was training me he tried to tell me all of this all at once (laughs) i honestly don't understand it
1: either it's my spark but i've never well my spark isn't time travel necessarily it's kind of like hopping between timelines and it can be used in a way that's similar to time travel but you can't really control it he built this place with me to try and control it Oh. Yeah,
2: I suppose that's why you ended up under the carriage.
1: Yeah, puts you in a lot of unfortunate spots
2: sometimes. That's an unfortunate evolution of your spark. Yeah, well,
1: sometimes it's not really a choice what your spark turns into.
2: Oh, yeah when mine I suppose it changed um that large thing asked me what I wanted oh you met the old one if that is what the old one is uh then yes um, he asked me what I wanted but I didn't understand the question or what it really meant
1: what you want changes what it turns into yeah but it's not like you can ask you can't be like
2: I wanted it to be this it's not that concrete right it just to be given such a future shattering question but not even knowing not even knowing that's what you're doing I don't remember
1: I don't know what I asked for
2: I didn't remember at
1: first. Well, mine wasn't, uh. I didn't meet the old one. Who did
2: you meet? Met the one that you met. Well,
1: the shitty Arthur, basically.
2: Oh. The. Is that the one that we saw? Is he one of. He's one of. Hmm. Should we called him Super God?
1: <sighs> oh, that'll go right to his head.
2: Huh. <sighs> good to know. There's...
1: It's hard to wrap your head around. Sparks. Everyone has a spark. Even people who it isn't activated
2: yet. I think Brandy said mentioned something when everything was going on. I think he mentioned something about that yeah, And in certain cases, when you get into
1: situations, one of these super gods, if that's what you want to call them.
2: That's Shui's mind for you.
1: <laughs> they come and they can activate a spark if they want. The more sparks you have under you as a super god or whatever, the stronger of a god you can be, I guess, but it comes with the issue of there's a possibility of being overturned it makes you stronger but weaker well you know there's chosen ones we've talked about that too well there aren't any more in my timeline at least but there were and chosen ones were had the potential to overturn them sparks can affect gods after all
2: so that's how that arthur he was born... A couple hundred years from now, but yeah. Hmm. Just a normal spark, like anyone else. What do they have instead of chosen ones for you? They kind of stopped, because,
1: um... Well... <sighs> it's not that we don't have them anymore, it's just that the only chosen one left is kind of stuck outside of the time stuff are you
2: the chosen one?
1: no uh, Arthur was supposed to be the next one and I stopped him and because I stopped him in the process of becoming one there are no more chosen ones after him while he's stuck like that but there are still sparks yeah there's still sparks
2: okay that makes sense. If you don't have a spark, you can't really live, (laughs) so. what does that mean? Does that mean it's tethered to your soul? It is your soul. If you want to get into definitions. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Cool. I guess. Well, um,
1: I'm gonna sleep if you want to take the first watch. Sure, yeah. I couldn't sleep if I tried. Yeah, he gets up onto the cot. He starts to fall asleep, and he's like, if you see anything, you can wake me up.
2: Yeah. Um Thanks for explaining things to me and Yeah. For not leaving. You
1: see him kinda of tense at that, and he's like, Yeah, of course.
2: Theo nods, and you will
1: Oh one other thing. Your friend, Aviath. Yeah? Don't say his last name. Uh, okay. He turns over.
2: That makes no sense, but I don't have the brain power <laughs> to ask any more questions. <sighs> he will stay and watch, and might go looking around for any possible books while Zyrie is sleeping, but like that's all he'll do is just watch, stand watch slash look for books.
1: Okay, uh, roll investigation to see if you can find some books. 20. 20? 20. Um, you're wandering around and you find kind of off in the corner behind some of those big tubes, a very tiny, small bookshelf kind of shoved off in the corner um, that seems to have some kind of like odd magical barrier around it and it's hard for you to like you can't it's not like it's making it so you can't like pick them up but it's almost like when you try to get close to it you just kind of have this strange desire to just not get any closer to it it's just weird
2: Mm -hmm. the the reason he was looking for books was that he was going to try to look for research like Arthur's research, because he assumes Arthur's looked into a lot of these things and he wants to try to learn more so that he isn't bombarded with all these things while he's freaking out, you know? So, that's what he was trying to do. If you want to try and push to get closer to that bookshelf, you can roll a wisdom save. Okay. He'll he'll assume that it's like, I don't really know if I want to know all this, but... I'll try to muster up the courage with this check. 21. 21.
1: Okay, yeah. You notice, like, as you move farther away and get closer, you start to notice the effect that that shelf is having on you, where it's essentially, like, the farther away you are from it, you start to be like, no, I kind of do want to look at that bookshelf. And you start to realize going back and forth that it seems to have some kind of magical, like, push to it that seems to be trying to get you to stay away. Um, And once you recognize that, uh, you seem to be able to break it and get closer to it and examining the books. There are a couple different books here that you can see. Uh, Some are just kind of like random journals and notes that Arthur's taken. Um, And you also see a book that has uh, Merlin Lancaster written on the cover. And another book besides that, that you see uh, has the name Argos written on it.
2: Hmm. Very curious about Argos. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that yet. (laughs) Um, But he immediately recognizes Merlin. So he'll kind of, he'll kind of, he might think that's sad. (laughs) He might be like, hmm, that might be personal. Let me look at this other book first. (laughs) So he'll look at whatever Argus is. He'll assume that it's either a name or the title of some kind of research. That's what he's assuming. Okay, so
1: it appears to be written in a very, very old uh, version of Dwarvish. Hmm. Extremely old. Uh, It seems
2: to be so different that it's almost a separate language from Dwarvish. It's so unfortunate that he can only read Common, Elvish, Sylvan, and Infernal. (laughs) So he looks it over. I doubt he would recognize... Any words, because I don't think any of those languages are close to Dorvish. I don't think they are either. So he just, he looks at it. I would note it is a very small book. It's not very long. He'll flip through it, like, really fast to see if there's anything of note. Like, maybe there's a little note hiding in there, or maybe there's a picture, so that he might be able to understand what this is. I would
1: say there are a couple illustrations that are in it. Um, You see kind of, like, a very crudely drawn picture of a moon kind of drawn on one of the pages and continuing farther in at like near the back you see a picture of like a butterfly kind of sketched into the margins but they don't seem to be like professional drawings they just seem
2: to be kind of like almost like doodles written inside mm-hmm. the only thing that he can think of is because the butterfly doesn't seem to mean anything to him but it makes him think of Libris and how Libris had a butterfly on her nose when she was in the keep. He thinks of that. That's the only thing he can think of though, and that doesn't make any sense in connection with this to him. He'll give a little sigh and kind of close the book and put it back, and then he'll look at the Merlin book.
1: Um, this one's written in Elvish, which I think you said you could read. Yes, he can. Um, and as you're kind of pulling through it a little bit, um it's it's hard for you to concentrate on as you're opening it and trying to look through the book. Um,
2: If you want you can roll a wisdom check to try and discern what it says. Uh, Depending on the result, he might get frustrated and just flip to the end and see if there's anything important there. 12.
1: I'll say with a 12, you can flip to the end and kind of get the ending bits there. Which as you flip to the end of the book and are looking at it, it is very slow at first when you're looking at it before you realize it looks like it's being written on as
2: you're reading it. He blinks. He kind of squints as he like pulls it up closer to his face.
1: And you're trying to make out what it says and you see something that kind of it looks like it's written on the bottom kind of as it's starting to turn onto the next page and it's just like someone has entered the facility. I don't know where they went. I'm stuck. I can't get out. She's
2: in here with us! Ah! <laughs> it oh. continues to
1: write, and you see one of them went over to the bookshelf.
2: Oh, he feels- He feels like he's being watched! He looks around!
1: <laughs> uh, roll a perception check.
2: Okay. Me, Shayna, is freaking out. (laughs) 16. 16. You don't see
1: anything with a 16, but you hear something that sounds like slight tapping,
2: like on glass. He flinches. He jumps. Okay, and then um, whatever weapon he has on him, he takes out his crook, because he's on watch. So he uh, quickly... He kind of just holds the book to his chest almost protectively over his... himself. Uh, And he'll kind of, with his crook outstretched, he'll kind of, like, walk away from the bookshelf and kind of look around to where he's hearing the noise. You know how in cop shows they have, like, the gun where they're, like, pointing it where they're looking and then they look somewhere else and they point it that way really quickly? That's basically what he's doing with his crook. (laughs) Um... So
1: kind of looking around and looking between uh, all these tubes and things that is kind of just a major wandering within uh, these blue tubes with the mist kind of floating around inside of them. Uh, One of them seems to be very active, Uh, like a big billow of that mist is kind of floating around in it. And you kind of see like a silhouette of a person standing in it. And that tapping sounds like it's coming from that way.
2: He um, looks back to the book. As he, like, sees the silhouette, he quickly looks back to the book to see if it's still writing itself. It does seem to still be writing itself. It's, again,
1: hard for you uh, to make out, but you do kind of get the last couple words there, which are just, Did he see me?
2: His eyes (laughs) widen. He definitely saw! (laughs) He's like, I definitely saw whatever this is, goes <laughs> of the silhouette. He's going to, um... <sighs> He's gonna switch weapons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he puts his crook back on his back and he takes out his crossbow instead. But then he remembers this is a book called Merlin. And then he is confused. And he looks back up and he's gonna kind of cautiously, as he's pointing his crossbow outward. Um, or wait, I think it's a longbow. Shit. He points his longbow out. <laughs> um, and um, he's gonna approach, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, so
1: you start to get closer. And as you do start to approach this, uh, you hear a very quiet voice kind of coming from out from inside that tube.
2: Do you see me? <sighs> uh, he doesn't make that noise, I do. Uh, <laughs> um, he's going to tremble in place and he's going to be like, you Merlin? You
1: are kind of standing there and you see that silhouette start to kind of get closer to the glass and put up a hand to it, and it looks human. And it's just kind of standing there within the mist. Uh, And as the mist kind of starts to clear, you see kind of half of a person there for a moment, and it looks perfectly normal. You see what seems to be Merlin, Um, and then you see the second half get uncovered, which appears to just be
2: completely covered in that black moss. He blinks in surprise to see her. He just kind of shakes his head uh, a little bit in like, uh, am I seeing this? He looks back down to the book very quickly. It appears uh, you cannot read it anymore unless you want to make another wisdom check. <sighs> um, I do want to make another wisdom check. Okay. I do want to see, I want to see. Seventeen.
1: Seventeen. So yeah, you force yourself to kind of concentrate on this book, and it essentially is just kind of like describing what she has been doing, which is just kind of moving towards the glass and putting a hand up against it. And just kind of there is pause, and it it just essentially says like, she is staring at the intruder that has made their way into the laboratory, and is currently, it appears trying to determine if they are friend or foe.
2: He just he blinks and he looks back up and he's like You're You're Merlin. Right? Who's Merlin? Oh. You you've been missing this he looks back at the cover of the book. Yep,
1: it says Merlin Merlin Lancaster on it.
2: Lancaster. Do you remember that name?
1: What are you doing
2: here? I... I'm seeking refuge. That's all. Are you... You're, no, you're not okay. Uh, he's been keeping you here. The other elf? Yes. Um, the other elf. He was helping me. Where did he go? I, I don't know. Um, but we're waiting for him to come back. So, I, hopefully, he'll be helping us too, depending. I don't really know what's going on. This, this, uh. I guess you don't know what's going on either. What's your name? Um, it's- it's- uh, it's it's Theo. But you, if your name isn't Merlin, what is it? I don't know. Well, then, uh, from process of elimination, depending on what you would like to be called in the future, if you want to change this, it seems that you're Merlin. And if you've lost your memories because of the, your um, sickness, I'm sorry, but I just, if, if you want to know who you appear to be to me, at least, Merlin Lancaster.
1: Do you know how to let me out?
2: Um,
1: No, I, I don't. She kind of very slowly starts to back back into that mist. I'm sorry. I would help if I knew how. It seems like as she is backing up into that mist, that black substance that's covering half of her seems to kind of spread and cover the other half and also seems to encompass the clothes that she's wearing. And she appears to shrink and vanish.
2: (sighs) He looks back in the book. What happened there? No writing. It has stopped. Oh shit. Where the fuck did she go? That confuses him. Cause so far he was like, hmm, well, this book seemed to be writing what's happening right now, in the current time, and if it's stopped, then what the fuck happened? Uh he's gonna run over to Zyrie now.
1: <laughs> Alright. Okay, you run over. He's snoring loudly the- and <laughs> on the cot. He's gonna shake him. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry, 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 Uh, well, uh, um, what the hell? Did something happen? Oh, yeah, you could say that. Um, I think I found a magical book. Um, wait, which one? And also, this one, because then I, uh, I think Merlin's here also. He holds up the book and shows that it's a book called Merlin Lancaster.
1: You see his face frown at that, and
2: he's just like. <sighs> she's here i i think i mean it stopped writing because I, well she disappeared when i was talking to her um she looks really bad she doesn't remember who she is but the book was writing like what was happening in the moment and that's why where i where
1: was she in the facility
2: um he like looks back and he was like she was in one of the um oh this is a terrible word for it uh, con- con- containers Then she's probably still in there. If you didn't let her out. I, I, as far as I know, I didn't. Um, but the book stopped writing. And it was writing everything that was happening uh, until that point. So I don't know if she's actually still in there. Those things are finicky. Um, he kind of
1: reaches to try and grab it from you. And he lets, he lets him. He takes it from you and starts to kind of be leafing through it a bit. He lands where you are and you see him squinting thinking with his tiny pea brain to try and read it. Um and uh kind of seems frustrated and it's just like, well
2: yeah it stopped writing. That's clear. Yeah, so is it oh wait, is it because whatever or no, that doesn't mean whatever is writing that just can't see her anymore or something? Or read her thoughts or something? Because it seemed like it was like, oh, there's an intruder, and I, did he see me? And then I was like, oh, she going me. Um, anyway.
1: These, like I said, these, no, these books are finicky.
2: What did you say she looked like? Um, she looked like she was in rough shape. Kind of like how it was explained that she looked, or I guess you don't know how she was explained in this world. Um, She had a lot of the jabber stuff. The black moss. Yes. Sorry, my brain is... (sighs) Um, She had a lot of the black moss like on half of her. Her eye was kind of messed up. Um... He flips... You see him kind of flipping back to the
1: beginning of the book. Um, And as he does that, you see in the very beginning, the very early pages, which to you, you may have just skipped past because some books have that. They have blank pages. Um, and as he's going through and looking at those blank pages, you see he finds a page that has words on it. Um, and you see he kind of trails it with his finger and he goes back to the top of where the words start. And you are watching as he's trailing his finger along, those words start to vanish from the beginning. Well,
2: what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. It's doing that on its own. Right, um, why is it doing that? Is it erasing- Oh, wait, um, is it because Merlin's- That Merlin didn't remember who she was? Uh, is it, like, erasing her memories? Or something? The- The Black Moss, is it removing her thoughts? This isn't a book based on thoughts. I think she's just getting erased in general. Huh. Um... I suppose that's what the Black Moss does. Is that what it does? A person
1: is their spark. It gives you everything that you are. The Black Moss is eating her spark? It's... Think of... You don't know what a battery is. That's not going to help. It's like it's leaking out, I guess. It's undoing itself. It's unraveling? Something like that, I guess. Her spark is? Her soul is? It's complicated. If... If we had any of God's liquor here, usually... Or God's brandy, one of those, that usually
2: helps. It helps keep the threads together? Yeah. You wanna help me look for it? Yes, sure. I... oh... (sighs) He remembers how Brandy had to take that and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Um He's gonna hurriedly look around as he's like so uh, so, this all is where did these books come from? What? How is it ex- existing? A library. They're not supposed to be checked out. Checked out of... did I... I'm sorry. It, the, no, um... no, that's probably. that's Arthur probably did that.
1: You saw that book that he teared apart before, right? I guess he made a trip somewhere.
2: I guess. So. But that. Why did. Was that the book of the y- universe then? No, or that the was world? probably his book. So these books are based on people. There was another one over there. Do you know someone named Argus? Uh, maybe no. Dorvin?
1: doesn't sound familiar. I don't speak Dwarven or read it or whatever.
2: Okay, I was just wondering, since you seem to know Arthur, why he would have that? No. Okay. Um, cool, so he tore, out, uh, tore apart his own book. No, if he tore apart the the book book, that would be that would, oof.
1: No coming back from that. Well, then what did he tear apart? Uh, his book, like I said. He's pretty tied into a lot of stuff. His book is the same one as the... They're the same Arthur, just different versions, so it's the same book. So Uh, If he's the
2: god or whatever, tearing apart God's book would probably make a pretty big ripple. And that's why we were torn from everyone. He didn't destroy it. He just ripped some pages out. Ah. I... Okay. Are these books... On everyone. Everyone who has a spark, or everyone who had a spark.
1: So everyone. Let's look for those, uh, liquors and brandy and all that. Right. Uh Thank you to our high-tier patrons. Spirit, Big Red Dog, Keelan, Bubby... Gia Miranda, Zab, Arceus the Druid, Charles, and Mr. Bakudon. I fell a little behind uploading here and decided to not only get caught up and post the episodes back to back, but also release an extra one this week since the podcast version is so far behind the YouTube one. We'll be going back to weekly starting this Sunday, so see you then, Sparks. Thank you for listening.